Today, we return to Psalm 23, a two-week a two series, but in fact, it was actually a three-week series because Pastor Ryan next week will deal with this from John's Gospel. In Psalm 23, David describes the relationship between God and God's people, you'll remember. I think I asked you all, who are the main characters in Psalm 23? God and sheep. <laughs> God and his people. Today in part two, we, we continue with this great metaphor of shepherd and sheep that David provides. You'll remember that David uses personal pronouns to express who God is and who God is to David. David is a sheep and the Lord is his shepherd. The imagery, you will remember, it teaches us God's great, personal, close, all-encompassing union and God's care for his people, the church. You, you the individual sheep, me an individual sheep, but us together, the collective church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verses 1 to 3, David taught us of God's leading and his guiding and his providing for us, God's sheep. The Lord leads his people into green pastures to graze to feed, to drink, to have their souls nourished, to have their souls restored, their spirits lifted, their hearts strengthened. The Lord directs his people into the entrenchments of righteousness. It says the paths, but it means the dug out places that God has dug for us to walk in the path of what is right and holy and true and just. God knows where you should go in life. Amen. Your shepherd knows the paths that you are to take. Trust him to lead you. Now there are two major points that I want to cover today. In Psalm 23 and the first is this. The Lord your shepherd is present always, and he protects his people. I'm going to read again Psalm 23 in its entirety. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You 
you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy, surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Almighty God and our Heavenly Father, we come now to the time of preaching and teaching your word. We come and we pray, O Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would give light, light from your word to troubled hearts in this room this morning, light from your word to hearts that may be broken, hearts that long for an answer to the struggles of life. Give us strength for the journey. Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The first point I want you to see this morning is the Lord, your shepherd. Always remember that series is the Lord is your shepherd. Amen, Brother Little. The Lord, your shepherd, is present always, and he protects his people. The Lord, your shepherd, is present always, and he protects his people. In verse 4, David describes walking with the shepherd through the valley of the shadow of death. It's an ominous image, isn't it? You hear that, the valley of the shadow of death. Before we heard about green pastures, nice meadows, waters of rest. And now Psalm 23 speaks of a different context, a different situation, the valley of the shadow of death. Keep in mind that the metaphors, they're used to express real circumstances, real life situations, places that you have been in life and places that you will go in life, places I've been, situations I've encountered in life. Uh, There are clues here teaching us just what the valley of the shadow of death is. And one is fear, fear. David confesses that he will not fear evil while he's in the valley of the shadow of death. And the other is courage. (laughs) David confesses he will fear no evil in the valley. He's got courage. Last week I told you in David's own words, his firsthand knowledge about being a shepherd. Do you remember that? What did David have to fight off in order to protect the sheep? Do you remember? Oh, you sound ashamed to say it. Say it again. There you go. Lions and bears. Had to fight them off in order to protect the sheep. I'll recount it for you here. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 34 to 35. But David said to Saul, you know, they're on the field of battle. Goliath is standing out there making fun of the God of Israel, making fun of the Israelites. And this little, this young man, he wasn't a little boy, but he was a young man who had been out tending his father's sheep, the least one to be chosen, the one you would never have chosen to lead the kingdom of the Lord. He makes this statement to King Saul. Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him 
and struck him and delivered it, the sheep, out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and I struck him and I killed him. Isn't that interesting? When are you afraid? I think I told this story the other day, to, to, uh, at a, uh, uh, two Saturdays ago at our men's breakfast. You know, I, I lived up in the mountains of North Carolina. I'm from North Carolina, from Western North Carolina. But I lived in what you call up, up, I call up, up, up in the mountains. And I lived up on a mountain called Beachy Mountain in an apartment over a garage. The family that uh, I rented from great people, they literally lived up here on the side of this mountain, lots of trees around. And the one massive, horrific fear that I had was walking up on a bear. Now, by the grace of God Almighty, I never did. (laughs) I saw one while I was up there, but I never walked up on one. And I would drive up in the night sometime, and uh, there was a walkway, a path between my house and their house. And then you had to walk by, let's say this was a dark area here, with stairs leading up to the door to my apartment. I could never see into that space. It was always pitch black. And many a day I walked, rather many a night I would walk by saying, Lord, please don't let there be a bear there. Lord, please don't let there be a bear there. I was afraid, I confess. But David is not afraid. When are you afraid? When it's very dark and you don't know what's out there. You don't know what's in front of you. When a tragedy has occurred and you have absolutely no idea how to handle this particular situation, you don't know what to do next. When the circumstances of your life reveal your utter helplessness, your weaknesses, and they will do that. When are you afraid? When you feel alone. There, that place. That is the location of the valley of the shadow of death. When your loved ones pass from this life into eternity, as a number of yours has and as a number of mine have, even since I've been here, that situation, that is the valley of the shadow of death. When your marriage falls apart, that's the valley. When depression and anger and disappointment, unrest, anxiety, and heartache sets in, and things don't go your way. That is the valley. When you lose the job, when you don't get the job you wanted, that's the valley. When you're pressing along and you don't know what you don't, you don't know where your next check's coming from, you don't know what it is you're going to do. That that's the valley. When your children quit coming to church, you want them to come, you want them to know the Lord, that's the valley. But you all, there's good news for you. When you pass through the valley of the shadow of death, there's actually fantastic news for you this morning. You recall, you may recall, I said to you last Sunday, we, we don't really know God. David challenges us to know God in Psalm 23. What is the source of David's courage while he's in the valley? It's the reality that's for you. And it's the presence of the shepherd 
He's with you in the valley. It's the proximity of your shepherd, the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Consider, consider the, the, the flowers. Consider the, just the other day I was, I was, I like to watch, I love to watch the Food Network channel. Um, but I also like to watch the channels with nature in it. And I was looking at a channel with all of these various birds. And I thought back over some of my trips and to the zoos and other places in the world where I've seen all the variations of macaws, parrots. They, 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 they are numerous in their kinds. Where did that come from? Where did that intricate design come from? From God who made heaven and earth. The shepherd, the Lord, your shepherd, the maker and sustainer of the universe. David confesses, you are with me. My shepherd is always near. For you, the Lord, you are with me. This is covenant language, you all. I'll speak a little more of that during the Lord's Supper. But God is with you always. It's it's the promise he made And he says throughout the Old Testament, I will be God to you and to your children after you. I'll be with you. You'll be mine. God is always with you. The Lord Jesus, who is indeed the great shepherd, said to the apostles before rising into heaven, and lo, I am with you. Just today, no. Just tomorrow, no. He's about to rise into heaven. They're not going to see him for a long time. And he says, I'm with you always. The man they watched feed 5,000, 4,000, raise people from the dead. I'm going to be with you always. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, he says in John's gospel. My father and I will come and we'll make our home inside of you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, says Matthew 28, verse 20. Edward Mote wrote a famous hymn, and I quote a few lines for you. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest, I rest on his unchanging grace. Hallelujah. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm going to tell you a story. I was thinking about it the other night. I was driving back from, uh, from going to the grocery store. In 1989, I think that's right, Hurricane Hugo came out of the Atlantic Ocean, crossed through Charleston, South Carolina, and almost decimated my little town of Taylorsville, where I'm from, little country town. My dad, my mom, my brother, and I, we were, we actually were in the, tra- we, were, we were in transition of moving. Um, and we were staying in my, Mama Lucy, y'all heard me talk about Mama Lou, my dad's mother. We were staying in Mama Lucy and Daddy Howard, my grandpa, their basement. And this massive hurricane comes through in the night. I will never forget it. My sister, though, was staying with my mom's mom. I called her Mama Sis. I never said Grandma, Grandpa, that sounded old. But anyway... Mama Sis, my sister was with Mama Sis, and when the storm was over and done with, and, you know, we were all reunited again, my sister said, we were, we were kids. She said, 
when we got to church on Sunday morning, she said, Mama Sis led the church in a song. I said, what? (laughs) Mama Sis led the church? She said, oh, yeah. And she sang this song right here. And I say it because in every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds. It holds within the veil. Mama Sis was from the mountain, good country woman. She said, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad I'm here in Jesus' name. She sang because the Lord preserved her. She lived in a little blue shack. The window, the patio doors that slide, they were unhooked and could have fell in at any moment. Never fell in. House never fell in. Tree never fell on the house. And when she got to church on Sunday, hallelujah, she said, I'm so glad I'm here in Jesus' name. There's another verse to the song, I'm going to sing while I'm here. That's how she said it. And she did. God is present always for his people. God is present during the lonely times of life. God is present on your job when it seems like everything is falling apart. He's there. God is present when your children take the path that leads down dark roads. God is present. God is present. God is present. Number two, the Lord your shepherd protects his people and he's present always. Number two, the Lord your shepherd protects his people and he is present always. David says the shepherd's rod and staff protect and comfort. Last week, Mary Moderman, you know, our dear sister Mary, I don't think Mary's here this morning. She's not here this morning, but Mary sent me an email. And I thought, oh, I've got to read this in the context of this sermon. She said, shared something with me I want to share with you all as well. And it illustrates this part of verse 4 very well. Mary writes, by the way, Terrence, you mentioned in your, she wrote homily, your sermon today, that you do not know anything about raising sheep, which is true. I said that I don't know anything about raising sheep. Well, I do, she says. We raise them on my family's farm in Illinois, and they always follow a leader, meaning if one has figured out how to get out of the paddock, they all get out of the paddock. They are, and this is in all caps, not smart animals, but forever trying to break out of their fences. The shepherd's staff has a hook on one end to place around the sheep's neck, to, of, co- of course, to pull it this way and that. But the other end of the staff is used to poke the sheep in its rump to get it going. She says the good shepherd has to use both ends of the staff on each one of us. Amen. Amen. Your rod, O oh shepherd, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The discipline of the Lord is out of love for his children. Let him lead you, brothers and sisters. Let the Lord lead you. Let him lead you. David demonstrates further the comforting reality of the Lord, your shepherd, in verse 5. When you are in the presence of your enemies, when trouble is all around you, God prepares Table before your very enemies for you. 
God prepares a table for you in the, in the very context of your opposition. Your enemy can do nothing to stop the table of the Lord. All they can do is watch you enjoy the provision of God. Here, he, David, he's offering a, a vivid scene of the almighty power and authority of the Lord God who is also your shepherd. The Lord, your shepherd and your protector, he's always present. He's always near. That means you can pray to him at any given time. And you can open up your mouth and pour your heart out to him. Who else would you be pouring it out to? The Lord. Because he's present. Amen. Amen. You don't have to say amen. God will never desert you. He'll never abandon you. He's pledged himself to you for life. Another verse from Edward Moat's hymn, The Solid Rock, comes to mind. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. And these two lines here I I love. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Amen. God consecrates his people even in the presence of their enemies. And David, he he knew this well. You know, David was anointed the new king of Israel while Saul was still king. God had rejected Saul. As David rose in his accomplishments, the more jealous and angry and bitter Saul became against David. He even attempted to kill David on a number of occasions. And yet, the Lord, David's shepherd, who he's writing about, and you, you got to think, he's, he, he had to write this when he was much older, looking back over his life experience. And he remembers the shepherd kept him. The Lord prepared a table of refreshment for David, even in the presence of King Saul, who wanted him dead. The Lord takes care of his people. The Lord is your shepherd, and you can trust him. In verse 6, we're given a declaration of confidence of trust and faith in the Lord, your shepherd. David, he looks to the future and he trusts the Lord, his shepherd. David demonstrates faith to you this morning in verse 6. You know, God wants you to believe him. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to cry out to him. He wants you to depend on him. He wants you to adore and to love him above all things. In verse 6, I see here the culmination of the covenant bond the shepherd has with his sheep. Psalm 23, verse 6 says, surely, I'm positive, I'm certain, I'm absolutely confident that goodness and mercy, hallelujah, shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, the Lord, who is your shepherd, is good and merciful. His patience with you and me, it's amazing. I was thinking about that when I was writing this. God is incredibly merciful. We desire to be obliterated. You all, we, we deserve to be obliterated. We don't desire that. We deserve to be obliterated. We do. We deserve to be wiped out, but the Lord is gracious. 
The Lord is good. The Lord is merciful. I mean, look at David. David's life. Saul, there was a time he picked up the, the javelin and he hurled it at him and he missed because of the Lord. The Lord had a plan for David. It wasn't his time to die. Can you think about situations in your life where you should have died and you didn't? The shepherd kept you. Hallelujah, he did. The shepherd kept you. He had a plan for you. He's very patient. He's very good. He's very merciful. When we deserve judgment, God has given mercy. Well, the shepherd watches over his own. The shepherd leads his flock with his voice. The Lord Jesus, who is the word of God, tells us that he is the door of the sheep. He is our grand shepherd. Jesus promises his disciples in Matthew 28, 20. I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Our shepherd is present and he protects Follow the shepherd, Church of the Atonement. Follow the shepherd. Be saturated in the word. Amen. Amen. He'll never lead you astray and he'll never leave you. Through the Lord, your shepherd, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But Jesus is the door. Jesus is the doorway into the house of the Lord. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus, the shepherd of your soul. He loves you, and he gave his life for you. Follow the shepherd. Follow the shepherd of your soul. Let's pray together. Almighty God and our Heavenly Father, I thank you for Psalm 23. I thank you that you provide for your people again and again and again. I thank you that you have given us words that we can embrace in our hearts. I thank you that we can talk about you in a personal way. You're not just out there somewhere. You are present. You provide, you guide, you direct, you protect, you comfort. You are present. You have called us out of the world into your house. Take Psalm 23 and saturate our hearts with it, Lord, that we would love you and honor you above all things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.